And that's literally what we're talking about today is the purpose that God has put in you, the foundational purpose, right? Because we all have purpose. We all have drive. You know, the majority of us have drive to do something in life. Uh, we feel a call to do something. But today we're going to focus on uh, what is our foundational biblical purpose. We've been in a series called Blockbuster Summer where we've talked about, you know, why does bad things happen in the world today? Uh, you know, um, we, we've talked about a lot, of, a lot of great stuff that I wish I had time to go back and recap, but we got so much today. But um, just really excited for today's message. And so to encapsulate everything today, it's just this. What's your purpose? What are you here for? And so uh, I, I want you to know that if you, anybody can have a personal purpose, right? You can be a mom. You can be a dad. You can be a business owner. You can be a worship leader. You can be anything that God has called you to be. But if you're not rooted in your foundational purpose, of which we're going to talk to today, then having uh, a purpose without being rooted can be a dangerous place, right? If you're not rooted into Jesus and really what he's called us to do, then a personal purpose can become more about us than about God. Amen? Amen, cool. So we're going to dig into that. So if you would, would you stand with me real quick? We're going to uh, read a scripture, and we're going to pray afterwards. If you would, just stand to your feet to the reading of God's word today. We're in Matthew chapter 22. If you want to look that up in your Bible or on the app, on your phone, that's, that's cool too. It'll be on the screens. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, talking about purpose. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Lord, I pray right now, God, you give me the words to say to, to deliver the message that you have for our church. God, it's been on my heart. It's been burning. I'm ready. But Lord, I pray right now that you would take over and your words are heard, not mine. And that, God, we would discover not only our personal purpose, but our foundational purpose, that which you have called us to do, not only as believers, but as human beings, God. You desire a relationship with us. You created us for such a time as this. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, as you're seated, turn to someone and ask them, what is your purpose? What's your purpose? Come on. Love you. Purpose. Purpose is defined in the dictionary as the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. I started looking through some things that we all know, love, hate, and it's the origins of these things. One being the telephone, created in 1876, was invented with the purpose to instantly connect someone so they could audibly communicate with other people who were far away. Before we had the telephone, who knows what we had before? Telegraph, right? It was a long time ago. I don't think anybody was around those times, but it would take time to communicate either by letter or by the telegraph, which was giving a letter to a post office or to a, at a train station. They would transcode it, send it digitally, uh, Morse code and all that good stuff, and it would take time. Like It took a process to send an urgent message, and it's hard to wrap our, our minds around that idea that it literally took time. In a world where everything is instant, you know, everything is instant, back then it, it took a long time. And with the creation of the telephone, we could instantly call either an operator, we could call, um, you know, call uh, 401 or whatever and get the, uh, the telephone that we're looking for. We didn't have Google back then. We didn't even have a phone book back then, but we had operators. And so by the creation of the telephone, it changed the landscape of civilization. Having instantaneous connection with someone 
who was far away. Fast forward 140 years today, we have something called the smartphone. Who has a smartphone in here? Come on, you got smartphones? Yeah, yeah, a lot of smartphones. A lot of smartphones. The smartphone, which connects us more than ever before through, through all of the world, it also can create disconnect than, more than ever before. Who's ever been at a table or been at dinner and you look over and you see either a family or maybe it's your family and everybody's on their cell phone and it's just like this, right? right? And it's like, it, it's, it's a little discouraging. We're, we're kind of we're used to it by now, but... Even so, something so powerful that was meant to connect us, instantaneous, can also create separation, division, and disconnection. Uh, Facebook. We got any people here that's got Facebook in the house, online, got Facebook. If you're online, you got Facebook because you're watching us right now. Facebook was originally created in 2004. Its purpose was to, to create connection between Harvard college students. Mark Zuckerberg decided, you know what, Harvard uh, didn't really have anything to connect other than telephones. Uh, but he saw that times were changing, and he wanted to create a platform where people could connect with one another. First, it was about rating each other. Secondly, it came into just connection, doing life with one another. Now, fast forward many years, it's now more about advertising. It's, you can sell things on there. It's a marketplace. It's also a breeding ground of negativity, arguments, bad news, division, right? It depends on what you – if you look for the good stuff, you can find the good stuff – but there's, there can be a lot of bad stuff, right? That's, that's life. But Facebook, original purpose was connection. But nowadays can also be used for disconnection. So if you see, if you don't fully understand the purpose of something, you will over time either likely misuse it or abuse it. These are just a few examples of something being used that is contrary to its original, its original purpose. Telephone was to connect. So it can now really disconnect us. Uh, Facebook. It was meant to, for connection and, and, and networking can now create a lot of division. And so knowing the purpose of something is so important, which is why today we are focused on our foundational purpose as human beings and believers, definitely believers. And so today we're going to discover that. We're going to dig into that. We'll talk more about our personal purpose. Uh, for example, I'm a worship leader here at Radiate Church. I also do creative side. That's not my original purpose. My original purpose is this right here, and the same for you. You may have things you love, business owner, you're a mom, you're a dad, you may serve on a team, you may be a coach. The main thing is the main thing, and we're going to dig into that today. And so um, we're going to get into uh, this. Uh, don't miss this. A lot of people love the idea of God, right? But not everybody knows him. And so to love God with every part of our existence, we've got to really pay attention to that scripture that says, you shall love the Lord with all your God, with all your heart." with all your soul, and with all your mind. Because these three things are really integral to the foundation purpose that we have. We to love God with all of our existence, every part, every piece of it. He, to love his people, that's anyone with breath. It's not just people that are in our circle. It's not even people that's in our family, our coworkers. It's people that's in Walmart, that's walking down the street, that may be struggling, people that are in the hospital, people that we disagree with on social media. Those people also belong to God, and he has purpose for them as well. He desires us to be his sons and daughters. First and foremost, we are a child of God. We are children of the Most High God. We just sang about it, right? No longer a slave to fear, because I am a child of God. And that is true today for us so my first point today, I got three points, all right? My first point is my purpose, your purpose, is to love God. Wow, that's mind-blowing, right? It's, it's so simple. 
uh, in Matthew uh, 37, it just, he, he emphasizes this. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. So what does that look like if, if the, those three things are the greatest and foremost commandment? In my desires, that's the Lord, love the Lord with all your heart, right? It's my desires, it's what I want, it's um, what I'm attracted to, it's what I, I, my dreams, it's everything that I feel like I need in my life that I can't live without. That's my heart, what I care for, who I love. Um, your soul, Lord, love the Lord your God with all of your soul. That's my spiritual disciplines, that's my praying, my fasting, me reading the Bible app, the devotions that I commit to, and then two weeks later, I've left unchecked and haven't checked in two weeks, right? Like, I see some nodding heads, like, yeah, that's me. Like, what is my spiritual disciplines, right? It's to love the Lord our God in all of those areas. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. That's your thoughts, your mental health. What is your thought life like? Uh, are you thinking on things in a positive light or a negative light? Are you focusing on the bad or you're focusing on the good? Are we putting God in the forefront of our thoughts when things look just desolate and ending? Do we look to him for the answers? Our thought life, that's loving the Lord our God with all of our mind. When we put it all together, heart, soul, mind, when you really think about it, it's living. It's what we do every day, right? It's living. And that's why it's important to understand that living for God is the path we take to fully loving him. It is the path we take every single day. And so my second point is this. My purpose is to live for God. If it's mind, soul, heart, that's living. So therefore, my purpose is to live for God, all right? In Luke chapter 9, it's going to come up on the screen, he talks about this. He talks about what it looks like to live for God. Verse 23, it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul? Isn't it interesting it says that we are to deny ourselves and to lose ourselves, but yet goes on to say if we don't do that, we will lose ourselves? We have to really focus in on what he's saying here. We have to deny ourselves, deny myself. What does my flesh really want? Does my flesh really want that boat, that Ford Raptor? Does it, does it really desire a wife? Does it desire, you know, to go to the club? Does it desire this, that? Think about the desires that you really like, you really want. And there's nothing wrong with desires. Hear me, there's nothing wrong with desires. But when it contradicts and is contrary to the word of God, that's when we have to say, you know what? I deny myself. This doesn't line up with what God intends for my life. And then that's the way I should go. And you know those things. And if you don't, asking God to reveal those things through your relationship with him, as you get to know him through the word, those things will be revealed to you. The Holy Spirit will nudge you. And so with that, that's submission. It's submitting to his word. It's saying, God, you know what? You, I, I belong to you. I'm your child. I submit to that. And I, I, I follow that. Your plan is better than my plan. Okay? And then you admit, I, you repent. You admit that, okay, I did this. This didn't line up with your word. I repent from it, and I go this way because I want to be in your word. I want to be in the fold with you, God, because true happiness, true fulfillment is not getting everything we want. It's being with everything that he needs for us, that God has called us and, and, and destined for us. So it's denying myself. 
Proverbs 19, this is just a reference scripture. And listen, I got a lot of scripture for you guys. We'll post it on social media this week because I'm going to hit it and run just for some small things. Proverbs 19, verse 21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. There's nothing wrong with having plans. We all got plans. Listen, I had plans for years. I wanted to do so many things, and I still do. I still do. You know, um, but I've learned that our plans never fully look like the way we thought it would look like. And that is okay. It can cause turmoil for a season, right? Because it, you feel like it's not meeting your expectations. But when you fully realize the plan that God is unfolding in your life, true fulfillment comes from knowing I am in his will. I'm doing what he's called me to do. I am created for this purpose Wow. And you'll look back to things like, if I would have got that, that would have ruined me. If I would have gotten this thing, if I, uh, wow, that would have took me out. And I, I, for me, and I see some nodding heads, you probably agree to that as well, that if it wasn't for God to keep us and kind of nudge us, all right, you're like, I know you want that. It's like taking your kids to Target. Love taking my girl to Target. She wants to see the toys. Let's go see the toys, Dad. Let's go see the toys. And I love that. But I have to kind of like nudge her along. You know, you, you, if you have kids, you know what I mean? Like you skip the aisle when it's like all the dolls or all the toys. Like, all right, let's go. Let's go over here. And you skip it. And so like it's knowing and leaning. And she leans on that. She trusts me. She knows that, you know, I want the best for her. So it's like that. It's also to carry my cross daily. You see, the cross uh, in Bible times, uh, in, in those times of the age, was a cross is basically an execution device. It was much like uh, an electric chair. Uh, that's kind of morbid, I get it, but it was true. Like, and so for him to say, pick up my cross and to carry it daily, what it's saying is I need to die to myself, die to my own dreams, and pick up the God dreams that he's put in my life. Because they're there. Look for it. They're there. And it's in his word uh, to crucify my flesh and to live by the Spirit. Because our flesh wants what it wants. Let's be honest, y'all. It wants what it wants. At 12 o'clock, you're going to be wanting macaroni and cheese, fried chicken. You're going to be wanting this, that, and that. You're going to go get your fill, and by 2 o'clock, you're passed out taking a nap. But by 5 o'clock, what's going to happen? You're ready for more. You're never fully and finally satisfied. So therefore, we have to look for those things that's in our life, not necessarily food, uh, but things that we realize like, all right, this is a toxic habit. This is a pattern. I need to crucify that, lay that, and give it up for Jesus and live by what the Spirit calls me to live by. It's in his word. And then to seek first the kingdom. We were in a series uh, a couple weeks ago called That's What He Said, where we talked about the Sermon on the Mount. Pastor had some amazing messages on that. I recommend going back and checking that out, where he talked about you know, seeking first the kingdom. Seeking for, what does that mean, seek first the kingdom? When we seek first his word, when we get his word and we dig into it and we ask God, reveal, like, because he will. He'll, he'll have things pop out at you. And reveal things to you. A scripture you've read a thousand times, he'll reveal something new to you. And uh, when you seek first the kingdom, we have to understand it's this. The word is still the standard. It's the bar. It's what he says. And when we understand that the word is the bar, the standard, then holy, we understand that holiness is the standard. And holiness is, we, we hear that a lot in church, you know, and, and it's in the Bible. I think it's 44 times it's mentioned in the Bible. Holiness just means this, a life that is devoted to God, devoted to Jesus, to be set apart from what the world desires for our life. And so uh, holiness, not a bad word, it's a great word. It's a word that helps us to see what God fully wants for our life. He wants the best for us. We'll never fully, and this thing here, you got to realize, we'll never fully achieve holiness on this earth because the only person who fully achieved it was who? Jesus. 
Jesus, what, he is the standard. He is the word. He is the truth. But when we see the standard and we see where we are, we can begin to follow his word and see, all right, I missed it here. This is what I need to do. All right, cool. I, I got that there, but here I missed the mark here. And you begin to see you become more and more like Jesus because you have a standard, you have a target, and you begin to live more like him. You will fall. You will stumble because we're still in the flesh. Till we get to heaven one day, we'll never fully be holy, but we can be the best that God has called us to be, and that is, is his word. God cares more about your holiness than he does about your happiness. Whew, that's a tough one because I know there's, there's a, a misnomer that God, God just wants me to lead a boring life, and he doesn't, he doesn't, and that's not true at all. God cares way more about your eternal than your temporal. Right now, you may want to go and do this. You may want to go and be with this person. Whatever that thing is that is maybe your flesh is saying to you, if you go and read it, if it's against God's word, that is where you have to understand that that is temporal. That is temporary. Those decisions, it's temporary, but can lead to eternal consequences. And so we have to understand that holiness is the standard. The word is the standard. And so point number three I got here is, is this. My purpose is to disciple and be discipled. Because if we understand the standard that God desires us to love him and to love his people, right? That's our foundational purpose. Then we know that my purpose, secondary, he said it, and it's just, it's second to the first one, is to disciple and be discipled. Well, what does that mean? Let's dig into Matthew 28 really quick. I want to pull this up. It's going to come up on the screens. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, says this. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. Everybody say go. go. Come on. Therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded to you. For lo, I am with you always even until the end of the age. Keyword disciple, right? Being a disciple. Go and make all disciples. To be a disciple and to make one. What is a disciple? Simply put, it's being a learner. It's, it's learning. It's, it's following someone that you understand is at a different, different level than you're at, and you want to get to that level. Jesus had 12 of them, right? They wanted to know more about the mysteries of the, the world, mysteries of God, and they learned those through him. We're called to be a learner, constantly in the word, constantly worshiping God, like we did here earlier with our amazing worship team, uh, listening to the to podcasts of what God says. You know, getting in the word is so important to be a disciple. And then to disciple. Um, key word here, the root word of, of, of discipline is disciple, right? You know, I mentioned about my kids. Uh, Grayson, um, she is a rocket. Um, I'm sure you'll see her running around after church today. She will be all over the place, and um, you'll probably see me tell her to sit down because, you know, that's the way I am. That's the way I was raised. But uh, you'll see me discipline her. I'll snap that finger, and she'll kind of, you know, look at me. And she knows that my snap is not out of pain towards or hurt or even disappointment, but it's that I love her, and I want the best for her. don't want her to trip and fall. I don't want her to run into somebody and, and hurt somebody else. And so discipline as a parent coming down is to learn and to use correction. We learn so we can walk, and we are also corrected. And so I have a couple questions I want to ask you today online here in Columbia. Is who are you pouring into 
and who is pouring into you. If we're called to be a disciple and to be discipled, um, to disciple other people, who are you pouring into and who is pouring into you? We talk a lot about here at Radiate uh, Life Groups. Uh, we do life together, right? You hear that a lot. We do life together. A life group, all it is, is a bunch of people who get together and do something fun, um, either an activity, uh, either a Bible study. And, uh, you know, all, we got all kinds of stuff. You know, we had an Xbox life group a couple years ago that I'm trying to convince my wife to get me an Xbox so I can bring that back. But we do all kinds of things here, right? And it's not just to hang out because anybody can hang out. But when you get a, a bunch of believers and people who want to experience God on a deeper level past Sunday mornings, right, you begin to experience things, you, 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 you grow, and you help others grow. Sharing your story, sharing what you've been through, what God has brought you from, you end up uh, helping others grow. While you grow. The Bible says it's like iron sharpens iron, right? As you're rubbing against each other in that way, the bad things you've been through can help somebody in what they're going through right now. The broken marriage that you went through, that God helped you through, walk through, could be something that could help another, um, uh, another family right now that could either help rede create redemption, comfort. Listen, our stories matter. Our purpose matters in that way. So who are you pouring into and who is pouring into you? And if you're not in the life group, I, I, really, I encourage you to get in one. We still got some amazing one going on. You can still join one today. Stop by the Connect on the way out and get signed up. Say, I want to be in a life group. Show me what you got. I want to get connected and do that. Second question is this, who's holding you accountable? Who's holding you accountable? That's a tough one. We live in a day and age where it's really tough like, to really uh, get people to like accountable. And that's because, really, it's not their fault. The flesh doesn't like to be held accountable. Um, right before I came on staff here at church four years ago, I've been on staff four years, I met with Pastor Brandon. I never forgot it. We were in Camden House of Pizza at a little booth. We met, I met with him. It's kind of like my interview but we had already talked before then. And I told him, I said, Pastor, I, I'm with you. I'm for you. I feel God's calling to be a part of this team. I know God's doing something amazing. We were at Blaney at this time. But I said, I know myself, and I want somebody that I can come up under, submit to, and be in accountability. Because I want to grow. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I feel like I've plateaued. I feel like I, you know, I'm struggling here. I want to I I overcome this. God, uh, Pastor Brand, I want to overcome this here. And so he said, I got you, I got you, and we're going to do it. And so over the years, we've had some conversations. We've had some really good ones, encouraging ones, you know, and we've had some ones that were tough where he looked at me and said, bro, you, this right here, you, you got to change that. And that's okay. That's okay. Those are tough. I'm not going to lie to you. You think like, Pastor Chris had hard conversations. Heck, yeah, because I'm a human being just like you guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect either. And so... Uh, Pastor Brandon is amazing. He, he's amazing with the word, pastoring, um, but he, he believes what he, he preaches. He believes, he talks about it a lot here, and he walks it out. And uh, I want to share a little story with you guys. I'm going to be a little transparent. There was one time after church on a Sunday morning, we just had three services. I was exhausted. You can imagine. Amazing day, right? We were filled spiritually, drained physically. Amazing day. I think we saw, some, we saw life change there, of course. And uh, we all went out to uh, East Bay Deli. It was me. Uh, my wife at the time, she was my fiance, and uh, Pastor Brandon, a few team members. And I'll never forget, uh, I was sitting there enjoying my East Bay Deli. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Great place, by the way. Went there yesterday to kind of remind myself. Uh, it was great food. We were sitting there enjoying it, and all of a sudden, I realized um, that somebody was stealing my food. I saw a little hand reach over, grab my macaroni salad, and uh, it, 
you know, you know, y'all, come on, y'all know what I'm saying. You're tired, you're hangry, and I go, hey, and I realized it was my, my wife at the time, and she's smiling because she, she loves to do that stuff. Maybe your, your wife or husband does that. And I, I said in the moment, I said, um, you got your own food, eat your food. <laughs> like, that's, that sounds funny in the moment, but apparently I was super cut, I was super dry, and I was sharp. You can imagine, it was, it was a day, I was tired, I was hungry. And so, you know, pastor smiled, you know, he's across the day, he smiled, I, I didn't realize anything. Um, he's, he's watching. And uh, we go home, uh, I come to work the next day on Monday. He comes, knocks on my office, and he said, hey, man, yesterday was awesome. Let me talk to you real quick. Um, so yesterday at lunch, um, when Hope was taking some of your macaroni salad, I, you were a jerk to her. It, it's funny right now, right? We can laugh about it, but in that moment, he says, you are an absolute jerk to your wife, and you need to apologize. I said, I was? Really? I, I didn't even remember. I couldn't remember yesterday because I was, you know, you know how Mondays are, y'all. Like, just, you're on to the next day, and you're on to the next one. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it. I did not realize that. That is, that is my bad. Pastor, I apologize to you. That's, that's, that's not good. Um, I'm going to take care of that. I will go and apologize right now. I repent to you. I apologize. I'm going to go take care of that. And I texted Hope, and I said, call me when you hit lunch today. I, I want to talk to you. And she called me. I'm sorry, I apologize. And it still kind of hits me in the gut because it realized, it made me realize like we need accountability. We need people in our lives that can look at you and say, bro, you're going down the wrong road. Bro, what you're posting on Facebook is not God's best for you. What you're saying, what you're doing, dude, you're gonna ruin your marriage. Stop what you're doing, turn around, let's get you in the, you need somebody in life that can say those hard things to you without being offended. And so, um, I want to share this real quick. A couple of quick scriptures. Luke 17 says, be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Hebrews 12 says, for the moment, all discipline seems to not be pleasant, but painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Y'all, being called up does not feel good. It, that is okay. It does not feel good. You're, you're, you're confronting something in you that is clearly not godly. It's not, doesn't line up with his word. You're confronted, and when you do, if you embrace it, because you can run away from it, and you can deny it, and you can ignore it, but if you embrace it, the word said, this is the word, it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. There's growth and accountability, and so... Um, uh, I want to share a little story real quick that I have thought about as I've begun this message of, of, of God's purpose in our life, what he really intends for us. And the best way I can put this is to create a mental picture. Um, if we can throw a picture of Grayson and Cleo on the screen real quick, just for a few seconds. I just want to put this. They're learning to walk right now. My, my uh, eight-month-old, is, she's, oh, y'all, she's like standing. It's crazy to see how fast she's growing because she's trying to keep up with, with Grayson. Grayson, again, is a rocket. And they're, they're, they're running, they're crawling, and they're, they're, they're awesome, right? But I think of if I saw them out here outside the church heading towards Clemson Road, which is located right behind the church, that busy highway, what would I do? No brainer, right? I would say, hey, stop, stop. I probably wouldn't say that. I would just go sprinting, and I'd be losing it. You guys probably be losing it. I'd probably see some of y'all running with me to go get them because we know at the other end of their, their crawl, their run, there is danger, there is there's something that could take them out, that could hurt them. And so what am I supposed to do? What am I called to do as their father? Do I celebrate it? 
Or do I urgently go and try to stop them, try to say, hey, listen, stop, 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 this can hurt you. Do I ignore it or do I inspire them to see the wrong in what they're doing? Do I affirm them and say, you know what, it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right. I'll pray for you. Don't worry about it. You're good. Or do I say, hey, let's get in the word. Let's get on our knees and pray about this. Let's see what God is saying. Let's see what God is going to do here and trust him. Is it, is it, is it if, I, if I let them go and I say, you know what, oh, they're good, is that love? That's not love. That's not love. And so it is my call, if I love God and I love his people, that I've got to go to them and say, hey, I see where you're going. In relation, you know, we believe in calling up here at Radiate. We don't call out. And when you see people struggle, when you see them struggling, take them to lunch, give them a call, you know, shoot them a text, hey, I, I, I'm thinking about you, I, you know, God's got you on my heart, reach out to them and love them, because you may be the difference maker in what they need, you may be the key to them experiencing God on a deeper level to get them through that situation. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed, this is Psalms 27. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. If I truly love them, do I hide it do, or do I tell them the truth? Jesus is the truth. He, he's the standard. He's the word. If we show them Jesus and we point them to the word and what the word says, then it's, not, it's, it's beyond our responsibility. Then It's up between them and God. Amen? And so I'm running out of time here, but I just got a few more things I want to share with you. You may hear all these things, and you're thinking like, okay, that's my foundational purpose, right? Put aside the personal purpose. My foundational purpose is to love God with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, and to love his people. That's the disciple. That's for me to be disciple. I hear all that. But PC, you don't understand. Just last week, I was struggling with this. How can I possibly disciple someone that I need discipling? How can I share my story that I'm still struggling with for someone who's in the midst? How can I do that? Three years ago, PC, I went through this. I, am, I can never be qualified to share the good news. I can't do that. Yeah, I'm thankful God loves me, but there's nobody will want to listen to me. I've had people time and time again that I've tried to get served, you know, on certain teams, and they looked at me. They're serving now, but they looked at me and said, PC, I hear you. I want to, but there's people that go to church here that see me, and they, I know they're reminded of who I used to be. I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want to be a stumbling block. And I know it's a real thing, and I want to encourage you today that just because you have a past, and it's going to come on the screen, my past does not change my purpose. Your past does not change your purpose. Come on. I'm passionate about this because, whoo, this is the one thing that has kept me from my purpose so long. It has kept me, and it, it's something that always tries to get at me. But you know what? Jesus is greater. God is greater. God had, goes before us. He goes behind us. He goes beside us. And so I just want to encourage you today that if you are struggling with that and you want to go further, but there's something just weighing you down, it's a weight. It's, it's a thought. It's a regret. It's a memory. Maybe it's something you're going through right now. I want you to know that Jesus can set you free this morning. You're no longer a slave to fear. We just sang about it. You're a child of God. No longer do you have to sit in where you're sitting. You can get up and you can run free and you can operate in the purpose God has called you to be. And so uh, really quick, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was one of the most prolific writers of the New Testament. He literally killed Christians for a living. He was an executioner for the Roman government. He hunted Christians and killed them because he believed that the Jesus followers were a part of a cult. And it was his duty to God to take them out. But until one day he met Jesus. 
Jesus appeared to him and it revealed himself and said, Paul, Saul, why are you doing this? Why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this? And he was changed forever. Paul goes on to say uh, in 1 Timothy 1, 14, it says, uh, and I'm just going to paraphrase. He says, I'm the chief of sinners. I'm the worst of the worst. And yet here I am sharing the good news that Jesus Christ is demonstrating through me. If I can do it, you can do it. And so today, church, I want to encourage you today that if the Apostle Paul, who murdered Christians, murdered innocent blood, can be redeemed by Jesus, you can be redeemed today. You may feel like, okay, I, am, I know I'm forgiven, but I still can't let it go. Jesus can walk you through that. His word can help you navigate that. Life groups can help you navigate that so you can walk in the purpose that God has destined for you to walk in. Amen? And so with this, I'm closing. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who, what? Love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. So you gotta be, you got to be encouraged here that everything you've been through, everything you've done, from the worst of the worst to the, the best of the best, God can work it all out for your good if you love God. And to those who are called according to his purpose. And so I'm going to pray really quick, and uh, I just want to ask everybody to just to bow your heads if you're here, and if you're online, you know, um, you can join us, join in with us here. I just want to pray over us, man. I want to encourage us through our prayer. You can have confidence to know that Jesus is for you, that he's with you. He is, he's with you, and you can walk out of here today with your head held high, knowing that God has called you for a purpose. It doesn't have to look like my purpose. You don't have to have a microphone. In fact, it's probably better you don't. Going out into your workplaces, going out into social media. Your social media is your platform. That is your church that you can pastor and share the good news with. If you're in this room today and you say, you know what, PC, I want to know the Jesus you're talking about that can, that can save me from my sin, that can loose me from the shame that plagues my mind when I lay my head down at night. The Jesus that can remove the regret, not, not the consequences because... God, I understand there's consequences to everything, but God, to know that you're with me and you're walking with me through it all. If that's you in today and you want to know Jesus on that level, you want to know the Jesus that can set you free, I just want to see if there's any, anybody here. Would you just raise your hand? There's nobody looking around. You can raise your hand except to accept Jesus today. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. It looks like everybody here has their eternal security. They have their, their relationship with Jesus. I love that. That's, that's amazing. Next, I want to pray over anybody in here who says, PC, I, have, I, I hear what you're saying. I have that foundational purpose. I'm with you. I'm walking that out. I can, do, I can do, always be better. I'm walking that out. I'm pursuing Jesus. But yeah, I want to find my personal purpose to really have that personal touch to what God has called me to do. And if you would just raise your hand all around this room. Hands are going up. This is, yeah, oh man, hands are going up. People who want to walk in the purpose of their calling, it's amazing. Let's pray real quick and just, just pray after me. I'm, 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 I'll start it off and you guys just repeat. And let's say it from the bottom of our heart with belief on this. Say, dear God, we believe that you've called us to live a life of purpose for your son, Jesus, to live according to your word, to live a life that he's equipped and empowered to see life change in others 
Help me to step into my purpose to live out what you've called me to do in this world. Amen. Jesus, right now, we just, I just pray over the entire service. I pray over everyone here, God, that as we step into this and, and, and exploring, God, what you say in your word, what is our foundational purpose and our personal purpose, you give us the boldness and the courage to keep going, to keep seeking after you. Even when the world makes fun of us and they may persecute us, that we would keep going. When it's, that we would speak up when a brother is, is struggling, when a brother is in sin, that we would say, hey, come on, come with me. Let me walk this out with you. Give us the boldness to have those conversations in love so that we can see life change on a personal level within our, our life and relationships, Jesus. I just thank you for what you're doing in our church and in our people and just for who you are, God. And then we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, can we just give it up real quick just for everyone who is deciding to step in their purpose even more today? And if that's you, if, if you're in here and you don't understand, like, you know, I, I get that as my foundational purpose, but I want to find my purpose to serve here at church. There's so many areas you can serve in. Our kids, uh, I, I, I don't want to say all the things, but I'll miss it. Stop by the Connect tent or scan the QR code that's going to come on the screen to be a part of something called Engage. It's a two-week class where you can learn more about what God has called you to do and what you can uh, see here at Radiate Church, our vision, our mission, and our values. Um, and so sign up for that. Be a part of that, and I know you will be better for it.